Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's message on the Antioch Indie Podcast. We hope you can step away from this message being encouraged and blessed and to move into your week in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a great day. Go ahead and uh, pull out your Bibles, something to take notes with, say bye to the kiddos as they head out. I forgot something up here. I forgot my notes. Joke's on me, right? Awesome. I got a little, uh, some toys up here this morning, so we'll get to it. Oh, Sam's pumped. <laughs> Open up to Matthew 13. Thank you, wife. Matthew 13, some of the make notes with this morning. We are uh, continuing our series that we started a few weeks ago called We're In This Together. Was anybody here last week when my dad preached? I wasn't here, so how was it? That's good. I'm sure it was. It always is. Is it not? That, that man uh, can preach the Bible, and I'm appreciative of that. Uh, I, I was uh, able to travel this last week to a couple different Antioch churches, uh, one in Salt Lake City, one in New Orleans, Louisiana, Nolens, or however they say it, I don't know. Um, I went to a boxing gym at my friend's place, so that was kind of fun. But um, anyways, being a pastor and going and visiting other churches, of course, people ask, so how's church going? And I said, it's awesome. So that's what I think about this. It's fun being able to go different places and talk about all of you, because this would be really boring if it was just me and not awesome. So every time I say it's awesome, it's because of you and what God's doing, and it is fun to be together, amen? And uh, you are impacting people, and uh, just so you know, people are talking about you guys. People, I don't know why, but people keep talking about what God's doing in Antioch, Indy. Show up places, and they're like, yeah, we've heard. It's like crazy over there. Like, God's doing miracles, and people's lives are getting changed, and people are having fun in church. That's weird. <laughs> we believe in smiling at church, so let's go ahead and just do that. Everybody? There. All right, we broke, we broke the smile ice. Now you're allowed to be happy. You got your Bibles open? If you're in Matthew 13, say I'm there. Awesome. If you're not there, you still have some time to get there. We are doing the third week of our series. We're in this together. We're talking about relationships, different relationships in our lives. Relationships are a core, part of the core of who we are as people. And uh, recent studies show that 100% of relationships between other people involve more than one person. Which means they're all complicated. And slightly dramatic, maybe. We want relationships, right? We're wired for it. We want to be in relationship with other people. And uh, somehow, simultaneously, relationships are oftentimes the source of our greatest joys and also the source of our greatest pains. The Bible says that we are made for relationship. We're made for relationship with God. We're made for relationship with other people. And the Bible also tells us that when sin enters into our life, the first thing that fractures is our relationships. Our relationship with God is fractured because of our sin. Our relationship with each other is fractured because of the sin that we have in our life. But Jesus, but God so loved the world. That he sent his son Jesus, and Jesus restores our relationships. He gives us the ability to walk in relationship with God like we are created for. And in Jesus, we find the grace and the ability to rebuild our relationships with each other. And this point was so significant to Jesus and his kingdom that when he was here on earth and he's talking to his disciples about how to carry this kingdom forward that he came to announce, he said something so simple and so powerful based on evidently him understanding that this idea and experience of broken relationships is so common to all of humanity, he said, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. 
if you love one another. It's like, that's too easy. And then you try to do it. Jesus wants us to walk in whole and healthy relationships. He wants us to be people who build relationships, not who just experience relationships that are torn down. See, in other words, everybody around you is so used to broken relationships that if we as people who follow Jesus can just figure out how to love each other in our differences, in our different personalities, in our different political opinions, in our different preferences, in our different life stages, in all of, our, all of these little differences that we have in our lives between each other, if we can just figure out how to love each other, people are going to look at us and say, they must meet with God, because that's not normal. So the lesson that we're learning together in this series together, if you haven't written it down yet, I want you to write it down now. The way that you and me do we says a lot more about him than we might think. The way you and me do we says a lot more about him than we might think. So we're talking about it. We're going to read a few verses in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. We're going to read a parable. Jesus would, would teach in parables oftentimes. And what that word parable means is essentially God, Jesus would use these kind of natural metaphors to explain spiritual realities. And I find that helpful because uh, sometimes spiritual things are hard to understand, right? Okay, it's just me. But he would use these natural metaphors, and that's what parables were all about. So just like any illustration, at some point it kind of falls short from being the whole picture, but it gets the job done, right? So Jesus is talking in Matthew 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. He tells the parable in verses 1 through 9, and then um, if you skip over a few more verses, he has another section where he explains the whole thing. We're only going to read part of that because he explains several different things in this parable, but we're only going to talk about one this morning. 13, verse 1, again, if you're there, tell me you're there. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. Church at the beach. Amen, somebody. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. Somebody say rocky ground. Where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Look at verse 20. A little bit down the way, Jesus is explaining this, and we're going to talk about this rocky soil. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, Jesus says, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As we continue our conversation about how to do relationships well together, do them so well or at least try hard enough to the point that our world can look at the way we relate to one another and say these people must follow Jesus. I want to talk this week about this rocky ground, about this rocky soil. And the title of this morning's message, part three of our series, is called A Rock in My Heart Place. A Rock in My Heart Place. It's hard, isn't it, when a relationship starts out so good that relationship with your child, 
that relationship with a friend, that relationship with a parent, that marriage, that club you join, that relationship starts out so good, but then doesn't quite turn out to be what you thought it would be, what you hoped it would be. In this parable, Jesus is talking about a sower, a sower who goes out to sow seed. Sounds like something a sower would do. The sower in this story represents God, represents God who who sows seed into our life, and the seed represents the things that God plants into our life. Jesus said it represents the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, the thing that God sows into your life. I want you to know this morning you might feel far away from God or think some different things about God, but I want you to tell you this morning that God is a sower and he's sowing in your life. All right. That's better news than that was, but the seed represents the good things. Somebody say the good things. The good things that God is sowing into our lives. And the soil speaks to us. The soil speaks to our hearts. The soil speaks to our ability not only to receive what God sows into our life, but to hold what he sows and to have it grow into the maturity of the thing that he wants it to grow in. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes God just starts with a seed. Sometimes you wish he started with the harvest, amen? You ever had to go through a process? This side of the room, you ever, ever had to go through a process? God spoke something, and you're like, amen. And then you woke up the next day and realized the seed had just got planted. And you looked up a few months later and thought the seed's still just planted. Sometimes God just starts with a seed. And he speaks to our soil. The seed in, this, in, the, in the parable, it says the seed falls on four different soils that are explained, one of which is good soil. And he says the good soil, the seed that falls into good soil, it produces a harvest, a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, a bunch of folds. Produces a big old harvest. How many of you know there's a lot in a little seed? The second soil represents a heart that we can have. A heart that is ready to receive the things that God wants to sow into our life. But a soil that's also full of rocks that prevent the roots of the seed from going deep. And when the sun comes up, instead of nourishing the plant to harvest, it is withered by the heat and never realizes its potential. We can have good soil hearts and we can have rocky soil hearts. God wants us to be good soil. God wants us to be good soil. Amen? It's not a a test. God wants us to be good soil. And and we're zooming in on relationships. This this does and does apply to so many different things. We're zooming in on relationships this morning. Oh, this side of the room can't see. I didn't think that part all the way through. Let's see here. Do it like that. Now, y'all can't see that part, but thank you, Sam. Happy birthday. <laughs> so God, God wants us to be good soil, all right? Like this is, uh, if, you, if you're not up here and don't know, this is good soil, right? I mean, look at that. It's like fresh out the potting mix bag. That is some good soil. God wants us to be good soil, and especially when it comes into our relationships. Like he wants our hearts. He wants our lives to be good soil that can receive relationships, that can see relationships be planted, be grown, and come to harvest. Because how many of you have experienced a great relationship? And you ask, man, this is way better than the seed looked like. 
right? There's so much in a seed. And God says he wants us to be good soil so we can have relationships that produce 160, 30-fold. Like, just, they're way better than it looks on even on the surface. Way better than it looks on the seed. But how, like, you don't need a 100-fold harvest. You don't really need 60 or 30. See, God wants to grow things in your life so that the people around you can eat from the things he's doing. See, it's not just about you. That's, God wants you to be good soil because it's good for you, but God wants you to be good soil because there's people around you hungry for your harvest. God wants you to be good soil, and he wants our relationships to land in the good soil of our hearts. And how many of you know we start out as really good soil? Right? We, we start out as really good soil. Like when we're little kids, like if you're, you're a parent and you take your kids on play dates, like it's amazing how good the soil is for relationships when, it, when we start out. We were just hanging out with some friends last night and uh, Smith meets this other little boy and they run around like crazy all night long. And I'm on the way home. I'm like, hey, what was the name of your new friend? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He's a widow boy with the wet short. <laughs> like he didn't even have to know his name and they're best friends, you know? And then Rose is like in this other room of the house, either coordinating a workout for everybody or like doing Simon Says or something. I don't know, but everybody's having a blast dancing around like crazies. It's so fun. And it's amazing how good our soil starts, right? It starts off so good, but along the way, and it sure does seem to start early. Along the way, we start picking up some rocks, right? We start off so good, but along the way, we pick up some rocks. Like, we, we pick up some pain. And we pick up some, some disappointment. We, we pick up, Jesus called the, the, the trials, the tribulations. Stuff just lands in that good soil. Basically, hard stuff happens. <laughs> and we pick up these rocks in the soil that started off so good gets rocky and a relationship starts right a relationship starts something gets sown a relationship starts but then some rocks get tossed in right that person's perfect at first the reason you're friends so quick is because you haven't had time to do anything wrong to each other yet <laughs> Right? But then some rocks get tossed in. And it kind of messes with your relationship. Some things get tossed in there. And, and you got to decide pretty early on, pretty quick, and sometimes quicker than others. What are you going to do about these rocks? Like, Because there's something that's been sown, and you got to decide early on, are, are, am I going to get my hands dirty and try to kind of save this thing? Kind of message with your relationships, you got to decide, am I going to get my hands dirty and like talk about it, right? If you ever had to talk about something, you know it gets your, it gets your hands dirty. Am I going to get my hands dirty and kind of have to, am I willing to learn some things? Learn some things about me? Learn some things about you? Get your hands dirty? You're going to have to choose, am I willing to get my hands dirty and and just forgive some stuff. Gets extra dirty. You got to decide if you're going to get your, your, your hands dirty and go to work. And sometimes you just got to decide, am I willing to just let some stuff go? <laughs> Amen. Because <laughs> sometimes you just got to let a rock go. 
and deal with it yourself. And you got to realize, you know, that thing's probably not really going to change. We've talked about it a few times. Is that just me and Heather? (laughs) It's not really going to change. And honestly, it's not even really that big of a deal, right? Like, it's annoying, but it's not really that big of a deal, like the way your friend is late to everything. You know, we can talk about it again, or I can just kind of let it go, right? Or like the... The way you're always the one that has to initiate and make the phone call. It sure would be nice to get a phone call sometimes, but let's be honest, it's just not going to happen, okay? That person's not going to call. you got to call them, and that's just the way it is. The way he loads the dishwasher wrong, you know, you just got to let it go. The way she never calls back. The way, you know, sometimes you just got to get past some stuff. Sometimes the most mature thing you can do is just take the rock out yourself, Sometimes you've got to talk about it, and sometimes you've already talked about it, and you just realize, you know what, I'm going to be the big kid, and I'm just going to take that thing out. <laughs> but it gets your hands dirty. It takes something. It costs something. See, the point is, we pick up rocks along the way in our good soil, and the soil that started off so good can get rocky, but then there's this maturing process like we just talked about where you learn. You learn. The dirt's covering my notes. I can't even read. You, you learn along the way how to get your hands a little dirty. You learn. At first, the rocks are so frustrating. But then you learn. I can deal with a few rocks. We can deal with a few rocks. That's kind of like a big light bulb that goes off, right? When like, you get to that place of maturity, it's like, oh, Everybody else's relationships aren't perfect. They've got rocks too. They just know how to deal with the rocks. All right, we won't go down that road. You learn that you can deal with some rocks. You learn that you might pick up a few rocks along the way, but you realize that, built, that good relationships aren't just built on good soil. Good relationships are built on consistent gardening. You realize that you've got a garden. Good relationships don't happen when there's no rocks. Good relationships happen because you're committed to gardening. So you realize there's rocks in my good soil, and that's the good news. That's the good news about gardening and and our soil illustration that we're talking about. The good news is you start off with good soil. Yes, you pick up some rocks away, but there's good news. You can garden, and you kind of just learn along the way how to garden. You learn how to do it right. So you you can deal with some of those things in your heart relationally that you've picked up along the way. I need you to hear that, somebody, this morning. There's some things that still have never come to fruition. There's still some types of relationships you've never had go well. And you've got some rocks in your heart and you just wonder, well, maybe it's just never going to happen. No, you can garden. There's some gardening that can be done and make that soil good and we can see the harvest come. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. That a type of friendship like that can't happen. A type of relationship, a type of marriage, a type of relationship with your child. It doesn't mean it's too late. It might mean you got to do some gardening. There might be some rocks, but we can garden. That's good news. Isn't that good news? Yes, your hands get dirty, but it's still good news. It's still good news. But those rocks aren't what this parable is about. The, this parable isn't about those rocks that you, that you just pick up along the way and, and garden out. What, what, what this parable is about is it's about that it's, it's not the rocks on the surface that will hinder your harvest. It's the rocks under the surface, that'll hinder your harvest. 
That's what Jesus wants to talk about. It looks better, right, than having no rocks, but it doesn't work better. The same seed gets sown by the same sower. How many of you know he's a good sower? How many of you know it's good seed? So it gets sown on the good-looking soil. But when the seed starts to sprout up, it can grow up, but it can't go deep. Because it's the rocks. The rocks on the surface are pretty easy to deal with. And you can garden those. But it's the rocks that you don't see. The problem isn't the rocks. The problem is the shallow soil that the rocks create. It's the shallow soil that's the problem. Touch your neighbor and tell them, here comes the sun. If I could sing, I would have sang it, but I can't sing, so I didn't sing it. I just said it. Here comes the sun. See, when you read the parable and you realize what happens to the seed that falls in the rocky soil, it can really seem like the seed was doing good until the darn sun came out. It comes up and it scorches that seed and it's like, dang, we were off to such a good start and then the sun decided to peek out. Hopefully it decides to peek out today. Amen. Anybody? It was incredibly dark at 8 a.m. this morning. So it has begun. It, it looks like when you read this that the, that the sprout's problem was the heat of the sun. The, but, but, but the sun coming out wasn't like some natural disaster. How many of you know it was pretty normal for the sun to come out? Kind of hope the sun comes out. Kind of like it when the sun comes out. Kind of need the sun to come out. Kind of count on the sun coming out. The sun coming out wasn't a problem. It wasn't random. It didn't get, the sprout didn't get unlucky. Because the sun decided to come out that day. There's no inclination that it got hit with some specific heat wave or that this was happening during some high intensity global warming type of environment. Just the sun came out. The same sun that came out every day for everybody. For all the other sprouts, the same sun. It wasn't a unique sun. All right. The sun came up, yes. And the sun was hot, yes, because the sun is hot. That's what happens when suns are suns. They get hot. But the sun came up like it did every day. It got hot like it did every summer. And the fact that the seed, and the fact is that the seed that got scorched actually needed the sun to become what the seed was meant to be. Seeds need sun to come to harvest. The problem wasn't that the sun came up. The problem was that the roots couldn't go down. The sun wasn't too hot. The seed wasn't spoiled. The soil was too shallow. The soil was too shallow. See, I had you say, here comes the sun, because any relationship in your life that's worth growing will get hit with the sun. It's going to get hit with some heat. Anybody? 
It gets hit with the heat. Your season of life is going to change, and that's going to be hard for you and your current friends because things change, and now it's kind of harder to hang out, and it's like we don't know how to do this anymore. This, the, the sun comes up, right? Someone's going to go through something tough, and you're going to have to be there for them like you've never had to be there for them before because they've never needed you like they needed you before. You're going to go through something, and you're going to need people like you've never needed them before. The sun's going to come up. You're going to go through something. You're going to need somebody. You're going to disagree about something politically with somebody, and the sun comes up, and it gets hot, and everybody starts sweating, right? I mean, like, you're going to disagree about something politically. You're going to prefer something different culturally. You're going to have to challenge each other spiritually. The sun's going to come up. The heat's going to come. The heat's going to come, but I want you to know this morning, it's not the heat that's going to kill you. You need the heat to grow. It's a good thing that the heat comes. You want the heat to come because there's, there's, there's history that you only experience in the heat. There's humility that gets developed in you only in the heat. There's a security that gets forged in you, an ability to stand through something, an ability to be rooted in something, an ability to be pulled on in some circumstances, an ability to provide some shade in some circumstances. There's a security that only gets forged in the heat. The heat is great. The heat is a good thing. The heat might hurt, but it's driving you deep. And too often we complain about the heat of the sun instead of cultivating the depth of our soil. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning. When it's tempting to complain about the heat of the sun, sometimes the heat of the sun feels so unique, like nobody's ever had to go through this before. Nobody has to figure relationships out like I do before. And in one way, you are unique. There's never been anybody like you. And in another way, we're all doing all the same stuff. You ever found that out? You hear somebody else's story and you're like, wow, I've never heard anything like that. And it all sounds so familiar. (laughs) Something about Jesus in there, I guess. It's so tempting to complain about the heat of the sun, but Jesus is trying to highlight something. You can take that same energy from complaining about the sun and cultivate the depth of your soil. Because the sun might hurt, but it's driving you deep. It's driving you. It's taking you where you want to go. And... All of this that we're talking about this morning, really that we're talking about in this series, about relationships and how we do them, it's, it's not just about going deeper in relationships. And I think just like we've been learning all the last couple of weeks as we've talked about specific relationships, it's, it's really hard to talk about relationships without talking about us all individually. Have you noticed that? For any of these relationships to go well and grow, we personally kind of have to start doing a little bit better on some things. Isn't that annoying? Like, don't you just wish you could blame all your relational problems on all the other people? It's shocking how much everybody else is wrong, right? But we're learning that if we want to go deep relationally as a people, we have to go deeper personally too. We have to be willing to do the work in our own hearts before we start doing the work in our hearts. We could go with that for a little while, too. (laughs) It's a good place to check your own heart first. We've got to be willing to say, okay, God, if you want to show the world who you are through the way that we do we, I'll let you work on me. It's scary. And sometimes it gets hot. God ever worked on you before? 
God ever shone the light on something that you were like, ah, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. I don't know if it's worse, but they're like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay, that one's just me apparently. Y'all with me on the other one, so, so hey, welcome to my life. Sometimes God shows something and I'm like, dang, I didn't even know that was there. That is ugly. <laughs> it's a good thing God loves us so much. Otherwise, this would really stink. And this would be really discouraging if the whole point was God's like, hey, you should really just be better soil and stuff. Because that's what I'm asking of you. But he's like, no, no, let's work on the soil because I'm trying. And that's not even a hundredth of what it's going to grow into. We got to be willing to go deep personally. And so I want to talk about a specific rock that I think we all can go deeper personally on. And everybody said, oh, shoot. <laughs> Here we go. I want to talk about something that, that I think would do all of us really well personally and therefore relationally. A big rock, a below the surface kind of rock that we could all deal with. I want to talk about the rock of offense for a few minutes this morning. The rock of offense. Have you noticed that being offended is a super cool thing to do these days? Like, you are not cool until you're offended. We're all offended at everybody about a lot of things. And sometimes you don't even know why you're offended, but you are. And so I'm offended about it. Like I, and, and here's the thing about being offended. Like, I can be offended at you, but no matter how offensively I respond to the way you offended me, don't you dare get offended. Right? Like, don't you dare get offended back at me because I'm right and you're wrong and it offends me that you're wrong. So I'm offended. Don't you dare get offended back at me because if you do, that's offensive. Let's talk about the rock of offense. The rock of offense. And we laugh, but it's costing us. We're going to get these out of the way. It's costing us. This, this rock of offense is costing us. It's costing us so much. I know they're moving. It's, it's to get your attention again because you think I'm about to be done, but I'm really not. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag. See, it's this rock of offense. It, it, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's costing us. And we can laugh about how everybody's offended, but we're offended too, and everybody else, and it's costing us relationships. It's costing us marriages. It's costing us friendships. Political systems are falling apart. Racial reconciliation can't happen because I'm offended or I'm at least offended about the way you're talking about it. And since this is also offensive, we can't get anywhere. People are losing friends. People are losing family. And it's keeping us Christians from loving a whole lot of people. Instead of walking around growing harvests that hungry people can eat from, we're writing blogs and making ridiculous posts and judging Kanye and saying ridiculous things and in interviews about each other. And we're doing all of these things because we're offended, man. We're offended. And everybody else should really get the rocks out of their hearts so God can grow something. <laughs> The 
It's this rock of offense that's costing us the roots of our relationships. And we got to be willing to go there. And just like God, he speaks right to it. Tells us how to deal with it. Because offense happens, right? Like, don't hear me say, okay, well, let's, we'll go with it this way, okay? Offense happens, okay? You're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're building relationships, and offense happens. Something just happens. Someone says something wrong, right? Somebody does something wrong or mean or painful. Like, it happens. Offense happens. It really does. It's real. And sometimes it's really serious. And sometimes it's like you're just really offended they didn't notice your new outfit. And it's like, I know I should get over it, but it still hurt. But, like, offense happens. Am I right? Offense just, it, it happens. You, you, you have these unspoken expectations, and then, of course, the other person doesn't meet it, and so now I'm offended. The person, sometimes you get offended at God, am I right? Can we talk about that relationship for just a hot second? Like sometimes God's offensive, you know, like that person doesn't get healed, right? It didn't happen when you needed it to happen, when you thought you really wanted it to happen, the way you wanted it to happen. Or sometimes, this is like my least favorite one, sometimes you read something in the Bible that Jesus said, and it's offensive. And then you realize he meant it. offense happens but offense is not the problem offense is not the problem when offense happens it's not the problem we'll put it this way okay getting offended is an event living offended is a decision when you get offended it's because somebody or something hurt you when you live offended, you hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. See, these rocks, they come into our lives. They come into our belief systems about who God is and what he's like. They come in about that in-law. They come in about this marriage. They come in about this church and really just church in general. And I don't even know about this whole Jesus thing anyways. Hebrews 12 says this in verse 15. It says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many are defiled. God is speaking directly to this. The book of Hebrews is written to a group of people going through it. And they're going through it because they love God. And they're believing in this church. And, and people are turning their backs. And they're getting persecuted. People are getting killed. It's costing them a lot. There's a lot of legitimate opportunities for some rocks to end up in their soil. And God's speaking to them. And he says, see to it. You see to it. That no one comes short of getting the grace of God. So he's talking to them about gardening. And I'm so thankful that God tells us how to garden. If we're going to be a people who garden, okay, I'm willing to get my hands dirty, but I still got some rocks, and it still hurts, and it's still real, and it still happened, but I'm willing to do the gardening. How do I do the gardening? God puts this little gardener tool in your hand. He says, the way you garden is with the same grace that God gave you. If you don't want these rocks to turn into these rocks and have this soil turn into this soil, you got to garden. He says, you see to it. Maybe somebody else should see to it, but they're not. You see to it. Maybe it shouldn't have happened, and you're right, but it did. 
but you can see to it. See, it's not a get over it type of thing, it's an empowering type of thing. Because you're standing back here like, I got rocks in my soil, man. Like I can't get it, I can't get it out. I can't do the harvest. And now I'm, it cost me because that person said that thing and did that thing. And come on, somebody. You get the rocks and you look at it and it's hopeless, but God doesn't come in and say, no, 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 the rocks aren't there. He says, no, no, let me put your hand to work. You can do this. Garden, go to work gardening. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. He says, you know that grace I gave you? You just start handing that thing out. You know how it went to work in your heart? Start giving it out. Yeah, and some are even a little bit down there, is just that good and when it comes out yes it was there but look at how much soil there still is left it feels like this but it works like this it works like this it's a tool that keeps the rock of offense out of our heart so that our roots can grow deep, so that we can have the relationships we're wanting. We have the relationships we're called to and the relationships that are the kind of things that people look at us and say, you must have no rocks. And we say, no, 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 we've been with God. <laughs> I know what it is to get some rocks, but I know what it is to get some grace. I know what it is to get some grace. He says, make sure you don't miss a chance to show the grace of God. When you get offended, when you get offended, right? When you get offended, can you show grace? Can you give the same grace that Jesus has given you? And besides all that, whose garden does it end up in anyways? like you're hurting them but you're just letting them still hurt you see maybe somebody threw a rock in your soil but that doesn't mean you have to let them steal your harvest why don't you stand up this morning as we end our time together we're going to worship like we always do we're a people that just believe that when God speaks his word there's always something to respond to and I believe that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart and maybe highlighting some rocks highlighting some offense in your heart. Maybe it's towards somebody else. Maybe it's towards God. And if there's an offense towards somebody, I want you to make it right this morning. I want you to ask God, Lord, God, show me the grace you gave me because it feels like they need more than I got. <laughs> God, would you give me the grace to give? Sometimes you need to go to somebody and you need to talk about it. You need to confess it. Some, sometimes you need to go to that person. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> and the only way to know is just ask God. How many of you know sometimes it makes a bigger mess to go to them about it? <laughs> But you can, you can confess it to somebody. We're going to have our prayer team come up like we always do to be available to pray for you. If there's any way you need to respond to anything God's been doing this morning, whether it goes with this message or not, don't leave without getting the prayer that you need. We are in church for goodness sake. No one's going to pray for you and your offense tomorrow at work. and Get it done now, right? No one's going to pray for you and your marriage at work tomorrow. Come and get it done now. If you're here this morning and you're hearing about this ability to be in relationship with God, you don't know if you have that. You don't know what that's like. Now is your time. God is going to come in and do the gardening, but you got to let him in. There's an invitation to every single one of us this morning, whether you have never given your life to Jesus or whether you've been walking with Jesus forever, we always say we are all in common ground this morning. When God speaks, we all have a step forward to take.